Welcome to our podcast, the Lenny and Tim struggling to figure out how this thing works Just show. Talking through <laughs> whatever we talk through. And what we're interested in, kind of the topics and things I think that we're working through in our own lives in some ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the idea, I think, as this continues to shape, is that we talk through um, things that probably affect most everyone, like broad broad topics, and then how we've processed through and managed and learned and experienced and are still learning and experiencing to kind of maybe shed insight into things, maybe bring encouragement, um, bring a different perspective, um, or, you know, remind you that your perspective is way better because we sound crazy. (laughs) I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. And so our hope too, um, is to grow with this. And so there's actually, we can interact with, I've noticed we've actually had some, I've had personal interactions with some of you via, um, uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook messaging, um, which has been really cool that we've been able to dive deeper in some of these conversations with, with you, the listeners. Um, so just feel free to keep those rolling in. Um, because part of this is not just a discussion between Lenny and I, but us, um, because we are wanting to invite you in with two non-experts in life as we struggle and wade through the mud. Um, but trusting number one, I think God's spirit trusting number two, that we are as iron sharpened iron. We're learning from one another and growing through this um, and learning to just just have fun. And that's, I think, what we're doing. So today, yeah. I, I think a couple days ago, I texted you and I was like, look, I want to talk about faith versus works. Yeah. And this is kind of one of those topics that I think as Christians today, um, it's one of those things that really hit me as I really have been studying through the Gospels a lot the mm-hmm. last couple of years, especially, um, and looking at the life of Christ. And why did he, 2,000 years ago, why are we still looking back at his life? Even people that don't believe he's God, mm-hmm. people will just say he's a good prophet or a good teacher. They even they can't deny the word good teacher in that his actions spoke and really affirmed his words yeah. in a way that was comp- obviously changing the trajectory of history. Yeah. And um, even, like I said, even in conversations with people who deny him as being God, they just look at that. They and still so, acknowledge him as, you know, a significant figure yeah. in history. Yeah. And there's so there's yeah. something, I think, very powerful to look at then. Yeah. Well, what did that mean when, I, when we say, like, his words were made so much more powerful because of his actions. Yeah. And I think in my own life, I look and I remember that you guys, a bunch of my friends, I made a bunch of new friends in this new endeavor called this church, Heart of the Canyons. Uh And we were friends, but like this, we like, I think really grew a lot closer through this, where you got to know my personality, where you would catch words I'd say, or like phrases I'd say all the time. Yeah. And one of the phrases that I would say all the time was I would say, I need you to hear my heart on this. Yeah. Do you hear my heart on this? you hear my heart on this? you hear my heart on this? And I would preach that because I think, one, I was very, and I'm thinking back like subconsciously, why would I keep saying that? And I stopped. It made sense to me. Sure, it does. I think it just, it's the your personality. (laughs) I think Joe had jokingly kind of was like, uh, and you brought it on yourself, actually, because uh, Joe does a great Francis Chan. Yes. And uh, he he does a couple other impressions, and then Tim, I remember you looking over at him, and go, "Well, what do I do? Do me?" And, and <laughs> I said, "Me, me, me, me." Yeah. And uh, the first thing he goes is, 
you guys hear my heart on this? I just want you to hear my heart on this. And Tim goes, oh, that, I don't say that. And he looks over at me and I just nod. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you do. do. <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> and, I, it, it, and what I realized for me, and I've really had to think about that because I was like, why do I say that? Like, hear my heart on it. Because mm-hmm. what I wanted people to do is not look at my actions, but look at my intentions. Mm. And what I was doing, and this is my life. Like, I look back and here I go. It's another like, podcast about <laughs> Dealing with my own crap. Eventually, <laughs> we may end up working through this, and then we're not going to have anything to talk. Our podcasts are going to shut, cut down to 15, I'm fixed, 15 right? minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized, like, I'm thinking back, like, whoa, like, look, and it, and the scripture that popped in my head was when Jesus, when the disciples, he said, come pray with me, when he was mm-hmm. in his most suffering moment, right before he's going to go on the cross. And he says, come pray with me. And what did the disciples do? Three times they fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And I, myself, like, and Jesus' words were to them at that moment were, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Mm. And I feel like the, another word, way to say that is, listen to my heart, man. Look at my heart. Meaning, like, look at my intentions. I meant to take out the trash. You right. know, I'd say to my wife, or I, I meant to say it like that, or I didn't mean to say something that would hurt you, or I didn't mean to. My intentions were not. And so for way too long, I realized, whoa, my intentions are not my actions, that my actions speak much louder than my words. Mm-hmm. And so I have to really evaluate and look. There's a scripture in Proverbs that says that the things, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically sure. it says is that the things that you do by accident is actually on purpose. That There's nothing that we do um, that is by accident. Like you, everything we do, even if we don't mean to do something, we don't mean not to do it. Mm. I mean... There's, there's layers there, but yeah, totally. Yeah. And so there's where I wanted to talk through this, like in our lives today, and I'm individualizing it to myself, but I think sure. the voice, cause we're dealing with a ton of turmoil in culture and in society right now. And I believe that the church doesn't have a very loud voice right now. And I think that we're very far behind the eight ball when it comes to justice and mercy. If you're listening to this sometime in the future and you've gone back to listen, okay. uh, it is uh, June 4th, 2020. Just go look that up. Go look that up on the internet, (laughs) you you know, or don't your internet will crash. Yes, it probably will. And so it's, it's chaos right now, but I think the church is trying to respond right now. And I see it all over the place. You know what I just realized? Yes. What? We push these out (laughs) a week. What are we, we're a week ahead of y'all. So or a week behind week everybody. Behind we're a week behind everybody. This, so yeah. yeah. If you forgot what happened. <laughs> Go look at Yeah. Up. And now the, the magic of the podcast is I've ruined it. <laughs> no. All good. But and and long I don't know what Yes. And what I'm getting at is like I realize like just as me in my own life in the church, I think it's like the words list look at my heart uh-huh. is not good enough. So what do we do about that? What does James talk about? You know, we have to put our, I feel like we have to put our money where our mouth is. Our priorities tell the stories of our beliefs. Our actions are really the fruit of our heart. Um, And can we be honest about it when we're not? And those are the things I kind of wanted to maybe think through um, with some of these things. And maybe here, not maybe, I want to hear your thoughts on it too, what you think about that as well. Yeah. um, Well, I think for me for a long time, I was more of a, there's so much talk that goes on and then, and then especially from Christians that then when their actions don't meet their words, they're, you know, it's very hypocritical. Yeah. And so I, my pendulum swung the other way and it was like, I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to do. 
hmm. and let that speak for itself. And so for a long time, I kind of shied away from really being like very outright about maybe my faith or those things mm-hmm. and, um, and just trying to be steady, consistent in my actions. And then I was challenged uh, with the idea that um, if there was one person whose actions always spoke the loudest and could have completely relied on their actions, it would have been Jesus, right? Mm. And even he spoke. Yeah. So even he still used words. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, to bring it back to balance. But that that to me was a big challenge that went, instead of shying away from my words, I mean, I need to be careful in, in my actions, mm-hmm. um, but I can't let those be the only thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I just have to look for the opportunities to speak. And when mm-hmm. I started kind of praying that prayer and looking for those opportunities, um, we would make friends and we would make, you know, our new acquaintances or go travel and, and meet people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I can recall several really, really, really good conversations about faith and life and, um, experiences with the church. And these are people who have like, who are not believers or have been so burned by the church. They've, they've turned and, and walked away for, with every legitimate kind of, reason, you know, when you talk to them. Um, but to sit down and have conversations with them and they go, you're different from everyone I've met, you know, and like they bring it up and then it's like, well, it's, you know, it's Christ in me. And, and so setting it up with the actions, but following it up with the words has kind of been more of my MO, um, to the, you know, that idea of, of, um, of working out my faith and then, and then sharing, in my words, putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah. Uh, I usually put my money down first and then, and then my mouth follows, mm. um, which is just, I mean, we're all wired different ways. Yeah. That's the way that works for me, you know? Well, and I think too, and I, you're hitting it on the head is that you're, you've, you're moving the pendulum for you mm-hmm. of realizing like, cause I remember Francis of Assisi or something like that had this quote that everybody quotes about where you share the gospel and speak only when necessary. And like the mm-hmm. idea I think was like your actions first should precede anything you say, because everybody's so afraid of being that guy with the sign in front of the church, yeah. you know, that is completely racist and bigotry. It's stating whatever. I'm not even going to repeat a lot of times what those right. signs are that we know what they're saying that is just not godly and isn't the heart of God at all. And so there's this like extreme where people view Christians, you know, as like, Oh, there's that guy. And I remember being, you know, being the family, mm-hmm that I'm just yelling at my kids at the restaurant, you be quiet, don't turn, put my phone down. Why do you even have mom's phone? Okay, guys, let's pray before we eat. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? And I feel like then that devalues the words that I'm going to pray. You know what I mean? Like, and there's like this. It's so, just not, con- there's just not consistency. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really, really like this hit me this week. Mm. And I'm really, really looking through this filter in my own life. Like, how can I be as brutally honest as I possibly can in my life about areas that my actions don't meet, like my intentions that I hope for are not, my actions aren't meeting them. Mm. Does that make sense? And so like, because it is ruining that witness of being able to share. And I think what people want, I personally, because this is me, like they're attracted to honesty Yeah. and that I am failing in this area. And my hope is I practice. So for example, like today, um, I've been anxious this last couple of weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know who hasn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Again, just June 2020. Look and, it up. Yeah. And with that added to that, we had two graduations last week. I started painting my house as well. I'm reopening. I mean, things There's are... There's like some other major transitions yeah, going on. With it's just, camp, it, yeah, with yeah, your wife. And, just so and much going up. on. And, uh, and so... With that, I've been sleeping horribly, waking up like cold sweats in the middle of the night. And it's like my anxiety is like pushing out in mm. other areas. It's not healthy. And so today, literally today, I walk out and um, my wife makes a comment about some chairs. Ella got hurt because I'm trying to like reorganize now that we painted, trying to try some new things. Yeah. And it's not working out. And instead of just admitting it, I'm like, bah! well, she should have just watched where the chairs were at. And like, so I started getting, pan- you know, she's like, what, what, what's going on? Well, I didn't mean it like that. See, my tensions, yeah. right? and I started to catch, and so, because we're talking about this, and I was like, I'm aware of it, I realized, and I, so I sat down, and this is what I said. I said, look, I don't know how to fix what and how I feel right now, mm-hmm. and my behavior in the past was... I would do whatever I would do and like starting to be anxious and then blame other people, passive aggressiveness, all these crazy, stupid things. But I'm going to stop and I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't know how to word it and I'm going to practice. And can we just talk and I'm going to fumble through this? Yeah. Yeah. And that's humility. Yeah. And my wife being so gracious said yes. And so I was able to just go, I, I, anything and everything I'm going to say right now is not, I'm not trying to hurt. I just don't know how to say it. I'm practicing this. Right. Help me. Let, that's it. Help me express. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel so immature saying that, but that, and it, that though, being able to be honest like that. Yeah. No, that's maturity. And that, I, I believe that. Yeah? yeah. And it's be able to grow and go. And I think that as the Christians, we need to be able to do that and evaluate that mm. not for other people, but for ourselves. Yeah. So the current conversation right now is social justice and uh, inequality and all these things that are going on in the world today. Yeah. Can I look in the mirror and be honest about what my intentions versus my actions have been maybe specifically for that thing? Yeah. Yeah. And be able to go, well, you know what? I don't know how to word it. I don't know how to say it. I may not know how to communicate, but can we at least have a conversation so we can be honest and see where we're at to then grow from there? Is that because yeah. I don't think we can really truly repent until we're completely honest either. Does that make sense? No, because uh, so like con- like confess means to say the same thing as right. Mm. So like when we confess, um, we're just acknowledging what already exists. Mm. It's just us giving it like like the the acknowledgement, you mm. know. So like. Um, Specifically, I mean, you say the word confess, and it's like confess your sins. Yeah. Um, and and it just means to acknowledge that what we've done is sin, mm. that it is it, that it falls short of um, the kingdom builders or or what people that would live in the kingdom of God would would do or act or say or yeah. whatever, right? And so um, to be able to address it. If you if you can't address it, then how can you fully turn from it? Hmm. You know, yeah. if, if you can't give it give it a, a name, and it is just so hard to uh, to come to terms with that because it feels like there's that that feeling again yeah. of no the. I'm just going to, I'm going to double down and I'm going to hold on to, and I'm going to work through and like, I'm going to rationalize my actions and I have every reason to feel anxious. Yeah. I have every reason, I have every reason to act like this. Yeah. Like, um, what if you, you know, and I see it, I see it through, okay. So from the teaching lens, 
right? Students right now are really struggling with the distance learning and some of those things. And the directive has been do no harm. Try to create, I mean, these poor kids are not coming to school. They are, some of them are just stuck in the most horrific situations. And you're going to put the same requirements on them uh, that you would in the classroom when they're away from their environment. And it's just not feasible for them, you know. Um, and there have been some teachers that just hold the line. Like it's like, what's the what's the point in in holding the line in this? Um, and a lot of times it's justified with like, well, I'm gonna, sh-, you know, this is what's gonna shape them into. Mm, they should try harder. They should try harder. You know, what happens when they go to the real world? I don't know. I, I'm in the real world, and I catch breaks all the time. I need breaks. I need grace because mm. I'm not I'm not perfect in the real world. Um, and I think sometimes, at least from my perspective in my per, in my profession, um, you come across. I think sometimes it, it makes us as teachers feel like like it legitimizes what we do even more. Um, as if it needed more validation than what it already is. Do you struggle as a teacher if your kids are failing that maybe you might be failing? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. And I'm wondering, like, in the Christian world, like, as a pastor, like, if my people around me are not doing – like, they sin or whatever. Yeah. That, therefore, then that reflects on me. Oh, totally. And you probably feel it as a parent, too, right? Yeah, your oh, kids yeah. are acting up, right? and you're like, oh, you're that's – embarrassed in that way. You know, or hmm. um, it, it probably applies across in relationships yeah. uh, and – you know, the things that we would like to be able to have control over. Mm. And we, we believe that those things are projections of ourselves and that the perception is because that's not under control. I, I don't have it together. And so when you're telling the other teachers, like, let's give grace here, let's, let's move the line. Like you're more, you're able to do that because you're solidified in your, your relationship with the Lord and your identity's built more, with him yeah. than with the kid, and you but just want still a worry. you want to honor the kids. Oh, of course it is, but there's because a- because I I then know that like I don't want to come across as the teacher that's easy either mm. to the to the hard. T- I want to come. I want to be a teacher that is um, rigorous and and has high expectations for of my course. kids and pushes yeah. them to learn. Yeah. Um, so the perception there's this perception that drives a lot of our actions, Mm. you know, and that's one of the notes that I have here in terms of works Mm. is this idea that like in our works, like if we are driven by our works, and so I guess I'll just read this, but a works mentality places identity and performance, and it gives power to pride, to other people's perspectives and to position. Mm. And when those things drive us, we're inclined to abandon grace toward ourselves and others. Yeah. And you that like know, perfectly sums up what we were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I was just kind of like, you know, chewing through this idea of, of, you know, when I'm so driven in my work or defined by my work, then like there's pressure that I put on myself. But a lot of times the pressure that we put on ourselves uh-huh. is whatever we're perceiving or whatever we are, we are assuming other people perceive about us mm-hmm. that then drives us further. Mm. Um, well, I think, though, like there's this fear, like, and I'm going to bring it into the, the church world. Yeah. Um, because I think there's this, there's this very, and I've seen, I think, maybe in my own life, this pendulum of like faith versus works. That's why I wanted to talk about this, because there's been times in my life where I'm like, oh, it's not about the works. It's just about relationship with Christ. Yeah. But then Jesus says, like, if you love me, you'll obey me. 
and here's my commandments, which there's the work that comes in. Yeah. And, and I think that it's really fun. You literally, there's these like churches that are built around one or the other. Mm-hmm. You have the churches that are work-based, performance-driven. We do, we go, we do. Your, your, your morality is a high, 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 high. Right. Here's the most important. Here's the yeah, XYZ. You know, and when you don't live up to these standards, and I've seen it in so many churches where teenagers, young adults, men, wives, like they have these sins that are hiding. They're never mm-hmm. honest about it. They don't get, don't get to deal with things that are going on in their life. Um, whether it's money habits, eating habits, sexual bad habits, um, horrible relational habits. I mean, you can go on. The yeah. list is really long, and they're hiding these because based on what that leader of that church or that organization is saying is this yeah. is a or most the culture, important. just the just the driving culture. Sure, and yeah. there's and that can happen in certain areas. We see that happening, like in even with Mormons in Utah, yeah. and there's this high strict 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 rules. And then I've seen. Other churches, they're like, oh, we don't like the rules and, you know, it's about love and relationships. And, and so they swing this pendulum, yeah. you know, and the works are defined, you know, and they don't then talk about faith, you know, and I, or it's all about faith and the works. And there's this like, and it, it swings really, really far. And so yeah. then I also hear other churches like, oh, we're very careful to talk about works because then it moves into, well, you have to work for salvation. Yeah. And then their fear is like, well, if we talk about works to everybody, then they're going to think, oh, you have to do these things in order to be a Christian yeah. or stay a Christian. And then you have other people that don't ever want to talk about um, the work side of things, only faith, because they're so afraid that it would be construed as such. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. you have this like very interesting kind of back and forth um, that, um, you know, and I, I think sometimes it's healthy, but then a lot of times it's not healthy. I don't know how to say it. Like, well, it, I think part of the problem is, you know, um, there's such a focus on Sunday morning and the sermon and the message, and that's the primary mechanism mm-hmm. uh, through which the truth is that's the primary mechanism for discipleship mm. uh, in a lot of churches. Okay. Like that's the pinnacle kind of moment function of a church is like Sunday morning, the, you know, and I love the church. I love Sunday mornings, the, everything that goes into it. Um, there was a, a season where I was very disenchanted with the production mm-hmm. and the prestige and the, you know, the way that everything's built around smoke machines. creating, how do we create? And we've never really been like a smoke machine know, church, teasing, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but the amount of work and energy that, that goes into creating a, you know, three hour block on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and what's going on from there. And so I'm talking about like, characteristics or um, cultures of the church and like a work-based culture versus a grace-based culture and and how they're, you know, a lot of times it's with the best of intentions that we shy away from oh, one thing or the other. There's the word again. <laughs> uh, intentions. Intentions, right? The best of intentions, we shy away from one thing or the other. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, just to talk church, um, the way that you, on either end of the pendulum, center is not by changing so much what's being taught on Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. but the layers of discipleship that exist beyond that to bring people into maturity. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we treat like we treat Sunday morning as the, as the primary source for maturity Mm -hmm. in the Christian life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we have so many broken Christians Mm -hmm. that have learned how to play church. Mm -hmm. um, But, but are not seeing a lot of 
fruit, they're just spinning in the same place. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly, I kind of look at that and go, well, I think the answer would be the, the best direct um, steps to take would be uh, providing deeper levels of discipleship mm-hmm. through serving, through one-on-one mentoring, through mm-hmm. through some of those things, sure. you know? Well, and i.e. the problem we're at right now, why the church, I don't believe, has a voice in the, at the table right now in a lot of ways when yeah. it comes to the social injustices we're experiencing and things like that. Yeah. Because we have grown comfortable and accustomed to Sunday mornings. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's every church. There's a lot of great churches no. out there. There's a lot of amazing Christians that have a good voice. I've seen some And excellent systems built into mm-hmm. churches and mm-hmm. excellent things. Yeah. Some of it's just Christian culture has settled into that expectation. That, and I think, They don't even know that stuff exists in their own church. Yes, and that, too. And I also think that when it comes to social, a lot of other, like, media platforms, um, those, I think, healthy voices are not as loud as they could be. That's part of that. And we're just not, you know, Christians aren't in those positions and places. And instead of being, woe is me licking our wounds, I think on an individual basis, one-on-one, we need to evaluate. I need to. I'm saying we, but you can if you want. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, I need to evaluate and look at my life and go, are... Why am I so afraid of the works? One, I think I'm going to fail at it. Number two, I feel like the bar is so high, I'm never going to measure up. So Mm -hmm. therefore, why even try? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if you look at Christ's life, I'm like, there's just no way. Like, there's just no way. And I try and practice. I remember just talking to a friend of mine about how last week I was doing something and we were talking about it. And I was like, dude, I did this. And it was like, I totally loved in this way. And it was like, it was amazing. And like, I, there was no expectation, blah, blah, blah. And just seeing the fruit of this, practicing this, you know, I've been on this kick of practicing the first two um, patience and kindness yeah. uh, in the list of love in First Corinthians 13 for the last about two months. And I'm beginning to slowly see teeny tiny little sprouts of like little bit of green off that. And yeah. it's like, oh, that's so amazing. Like, man, seeing God work. And then of course I chop at it and fail it. But it's like this, I went, I'm growing in it. And I yeah. see that growth happening and I get excited. And I think I'm the only one that sees No, I'm not the only one that sees it. But where am I going with this? But it's those works that like that prove out that new life that I have in faith. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. But I'm so afraid that when I fail in those, it's going to discount um, any or all of that work that of I've the been prog- doing the, the and progress the progress I've been, been doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Those um, the the fear of failure, and this is a this is a weird one because it's like not the fear of failure in myself but the fear of other people seeing my failure Hmm. and equating that to God not being able to work, Hmm. I guess would be. Well, and I think too, this is so weird. Like I think through in my own life, I think through, I don't know if you've ever done this where like if you read about a bunch about something, Uh so let's say you like you, watch a bunch of skate videos, go back to that. Yeah. And what do you want to do after you watch a bunch of skate videos? You just want to go skate, right? So you watch a bunch of motorcycle ride videos and you want to go ride. And when you do that, you think because you're in it, you watch a lot of it, that therefore then you can just go and you have an expectation that you might do some of those tricks. Like, I really hope I can. The reality is you get out there, we can't measure up to what we just saw. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think the Christian world is so good. at. I've watched it. I attended it. I was there. Yeah. But yet when they go to practice it, they suck at it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And they go to do it and we're like, oh, I'm not doing it like them on the stage or whatever it is. So I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. The reality is 
where the rubber meets the road, we're not, God doesn't ask us for perfection. He asks us, asks, asks us just simply to practice yeah. and to try. And it's in our honesty of that failure, the getting down, the getting up of doing that work. That's where the faith comes in. Mm. And I believe, and this is now, I don't know, 25 years of following Jesus now, I see more fruit coming out of my failures and being honest about it and just practicing this way of following Jesus um, than presenting something I'm not. Mm, yeah. Than presenting something that I actually haven't done or presenting my intentions. Yeah. Like being able to go, oh, just hear my heart. That is basically me saying, oh, don't do what I do. Just look at what I'm trying to say but can't – and I'm not willing to do the hard work like the professional skateboarder of – falling 35 times to do that one trick and breaking two arms. Yeah. And that's what, if we can picture like the Christian faith, it's like going out and trying to skateboard Uh and do that one trick a thousand times to finally land it. And then you get better and better and better to the point where it becomes your muscle memory and it's natural. Yep. And that is what we have to remember as Christians is like, it's not about the performance. It's not the, uh, just the end result. It's about that falling, falling, falling. And it's, if, you and I both know with skateboarding, it's, you're doing it in front of a ton of people. Yeah. You get really dirty. You get really sweaty. It's disgusting. You get hurt like crazy. And at times you bail and your skateboard goes flying and hurt other people. Yeah. But it's in that place, though, that we can just go, okay, you know what? I'm just going to keep trying and trust God to redeem any of the broken arms that I have, yeah. right, in trying. Well, um, and or, in, in every try that was a failure, you you made progress still. That's it. There was still progress in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this, like, I think part of what's difficult is um, we're really culturally the, the what we consume. Because I think about when I was a kid, I consumed skate videos. Mm-hmm. That was it. If I wasn't skateboarding, I was, I was, watching, the v- I was watching my VHS tapes. And, um, but it, it wasn't, it was, it was like inspiration to go out and totally. try it and got be excited. creative. I yeah. think about kind of being inspired to try mm-hmm. and to work. Yeah. And we don't, I don't know, it feels like culturally there's been a shift from um, kind of like art or work uh-huh. for work's sake mm. and it's work for perfection's sake. Yeah, and I would, I'm going to push it a little further, and I'm yeah. going to be a real jerk here. I feel like we as a Christian community, and I failed in this area myself, has allowed consumerism and entertainment yeah. to kind of pull in and sit back and go, hey, if you're just watching, you're participating, and that's enough. Yeah. No. Uh, Instead yeah. of getting out there, handing them the pads. No, when we're going to go, let me teach you. The first thing we learn in skateboarding is falling. Yeah. And I'm going to teach you how to fall, and then you get less afraid to get out and stand on the skateboard and no, you're not pushing right. You're pushing Mongol. Stop that. Stop that. That, You're going to hurt yourself. You're never going to progress. And as Christians, we don't do that. We don't see somebody coming into the church and go, Hey, your works. When you say things like that, that's actually kind of uh, a a bigotry. Like that needs to stop. Those words need to stop. Instead of having the boldness to communicate that truth, Jesus did it all the time. Yeah. Wait, you're not, you be, you know, I mean, Oh my gosh. I think it's so hard though, because there's so many other layers and factors interwoven Mm. and in a lot of our approach to how faith is lived out, how we're, how we're actually living this out. Right. So, 
Um, embedded in those things are our cultural experiences, our political kind of alignments, mm-hmm. yep. our are the things that we would like to see happen in our world and those things. And for me, it's just like, I guess we, we just need this, like this centering and willingness to strip everything else away in order for, in order for scripture to be the highest authority, mm-hmm. um, in our lives. And I, and I think that, um, scripture a lot of times isn't the highest authority. It's, it's just, um, it's, it's work cited mm. in the, in the story yeah. instead of being the driving force. It's a, it's a supporting commentary. So I'm reading a book right now called Alone Obedience in the Same Direction, Eugene uh-huh. Peterson. I highly recommend it. Um, it's kind of similar to like Dallas Willard and, um, Spiritual Disciplines, if you ever mm. read that book, but it's a lot, it's basically about, it's the ascent, the Psalms of the ascent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, three or four times a year, the Israelite people would walk to Jerusalem up the mountain and they would sing, I think it's 12 different Psalms and the 12 mm-hmm. different Psalms represented these different, um, spiritual practices basically. And, and I think as church, and I'm just going to, I need to talk just about me because I don't want to rail on the American. What I, I guess what I'm frustrated by is seeing this intention-driven religion mm-hmm. that is meaningless. Mm-hmm. And I see it in my own life, but I see it reflected in tons of churches and the Christian culture around me. And they're just trying to make church cool without the work that needs to be done. And the work that I think that needs to be done is learning how to apprentice with Jesus, like Jesus, the disciples did. Yeah. And being willing to be called, get behind me, Satan. Think about that. Like one of Jesus' disciples, get behind me, Satan. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Like are we bold enough to put our foot in our mouth with Christ? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, well, I think it's this. No, it's not. And, oh, whoa. Or, hey, persecution's coming. I mean, we just talked about that today. Well, Sunday, John yeah. 15 and talking through. Like this is hard. Like and get ready for this journey. Um, and we have, and the examples that Paul gives in the New Testament is you're a warrior, mm-hmm. you're an athlete, and you're a farmer. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about those three professions. Like, I, not an athlete, because I hate the pain. <laughs> like, I hate the pain and the work that is associated with being an athlete. Um, and the mental and emotional capacity. I mean, it's nuts, right? A true, a good soldier, like... It's, it's the same thing. You're dealing with so much pain. You yeah. have to think, detach yourself emotionally. Like there's so much going on there. And a farmer, patience. Think of what the farmers have to do. There's the, there's the sharp, I mean, just so much. And that's what Paul but is talking about. But there's also like, farming is like one of the hardest working. It's amazing. To see. You know, that's like one of the, the most hardworking things. And all of them have to, have to deal with. Uh, competition. You have to deal with unexpected circumstances, whether, I mean, you have to deal with all these things mentally, Mm. emotionally, spiritually. And so I don't think that Paul, like when he equated Christianity in the new or old new Testament, he didn't say you're like a bunch of monks out in the desert living by yourself, which I get that in the desert monks and that whole thing. I've read a bunch of that stuff, but he equated it to three, the most difficult, you know, uh, uh, Mm. a life of faith, a life of faith. And think of all the work that it takes. When Jesus talks about abiding in me, you're the branches yeah. and I am the vine. Like that's not this, this like passive, like I'm going to sit on top of a mountain like um, Poe from um, uh, Kung Fu Panda, uh, yeah. right? It, eating dumplings and doom, right? It's, it's this active work of practice and confession and um, being willing to, I, I just, I, 
I I hope you're in my heart, man. <laughs> I'm so frustrated and fed up with um, living a life absent of the struggle or afraid of the struggle or not willing to just keep messing up uh-huh. in our faith. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate and kind of point out or question um, in that fear of not living out the struggle. Yeah. Are you going out of your way to identify struggles or create struggles for yourself that wouldn't necessarily be there if you didn't bring it upon yourself. Yeah. And I would, I I remember having a discussion with my brother about this. So Uh we left, we moved overseas. Yeah. Yeah. And my brother, I, for five years, that's what he's planning on doing was to sell everything. He was going to be missionary, live overseas. And of course I did it. And we're sitting, I remember on vacation, my parents paid for a beautiful vacation in Hawaii. Thanks mom and dad. I know you're listening to this. It was awesome. (laughs) Um, And we're sitting on the beach in Hawaii and we, it was our Chunji. It was Chinese new year. And so we all flew and met, I was in China. My brother's, of course, in the States. We all flew met in Hawaii. Pretty cool, right? We're sitting on the beach. I was like, dude, whatever happened with you and going overseas? He's like, look, I don't need to flagellate. He's an English professor. So flag- like self-flagellate my own Christianity. Like he realized for him going overseas, he was tr- trying to prove that he was a disciple. It was yeah. something he realized. Ago, and I gave that over to the Lord and realized like the work that we do, he's working in prisons as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like He does a lot of hard work and lives a life. Him and his wife are gracious, generous people, inviting mm-hmm. people to their home all the time. They're missionaries in their home. Yeah. And he's like, I don't need to go do this overseas thing. And I realized his motivation for him to do it was what you just said. Like he's creating no, this place yeah. to try and prove something that he didn't need to prove. And he was able, finally, that's what he felt like God showed him. He's able to release it and be at peace about not going. Because they fought for years to go. I mean, they were like living like in the trailer expecting to go. And then when he bought a nice house, it's like, what happened to that? You know? And he's yeah, like, right. and then it was a very good conversation. And I think that we, and my pushback on that is I would rather fail, fail. Like mm-hmm. if so, if my leaving and going to China was to prove something, yeah, right? Like you were talking, I think that's what you're trying yeah. to say is like to, that or like I, to bring, bring something upon yourself for the sake of bringing it upon yourself. Sure. I guess. And I think yeah. like, if you're willing to put yourself in that position to do that, by all means, like, I think that I'd rather see that than sitting on her butt with her hands tied. That's fair. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, I think of like Jonah Mm-hmm. And him like being called to go to Nineveh, he's like the worst prophet, like missionary ever, right? He just yeah. goes the opposite direction. Yeah. And I think us being passive is just as bad as Jonah. Mm-hmm. And now look at the storms in our lives in the culture because we've chosen to sit on our hands as the church and not live out our act of faith or stumble through it or maybe have the wrong intentions mm-hmm. and maybe not know it. Like, how wrong is it? to want to sell your house and want to give it to the poor or go serve people. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, does that make sense? Like, I feel like, yeah, like do it in the worst case scenario is whoops. I messed up. I don't know. And like, if you're going to mess up, I I'd guess. rather mess up just doing that than go big and yeah, destroy yourself do financially. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, like, I don't know. And maybe it's like, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, well, if I had the faith, it would work out. And maybe it doesn't, it didn't work out for me. I lost yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. It was hard, but I will never trade what I've gained in my soul yeah. for the money that I've lost. Yeah. 
Does that make sense when I say that? Yeah. And I look back and I wonder if my intentions were right. I don't know. Maybe I wanted to escape. Maybe there was a part of me that wanted to do it for, look at me, I'm doing it. You spoke in five. I, maybe, maybe. And I'm yeah. still trying to evaluate. But I, And I know I hurt people when I left. I know that there's people that might be listening to this, that we've had conversations, and I've apologized, and we've, by God's grace, have gone, like, that they felt abandoned when I left. Yeah. They were friends of mine. They're like, dude, you just took off. You just left. I'm like, well, I thought we'd stay connected. I didn't know it wouldn't work overseas because it didn't. Yeah. And it broke my heart. And so there are relationships in my fervor to try and live out this faith that I have to trust the Lord to build that reconciliation and to fill yeah. that. Does that make sense when yeah. I say that? Like, and so I don't know. This is where I drive it. Like I noticed like this faith versus works and the fear that I find typically is people like, well, we don't talk a lot about works because we're afraid that people are going to think of it as salvation. Yeah. But it's, pardon me. Ugh. But we don't have to equate just because the, the word works is said doesn't mean we have to equate it with salvation yeah. itself. And I also think the fear is, which is a very real fear that if we begin to talk about, Hey, let's step it up. And then we're not ourselves. We're going to be pointed out as hypocrites. Yeah. Does that make sense? But I think if we're very careful as Christians to word it properly, Look, I'm going to practice this thing. I'm going to try it. I'm going to go out and stand on something I've never stood on before. We're going to try it together. You want to come with me? Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. I think that sounds okay. You want to come fall on your face with me? Because I feel like in a lot of ways when we try something new, that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. We talk about this progression and maturity of faith. Paul uses the analogy of eating meat. Yeah. I'm not eating meat. I'm um, going from baby from, from milk, milk to, to meat. meat to, you yeah, know, and that, that I think that there move, there's a pro- natural progression that grows in our maturity of our faith that we move from drinking the milk of the faith to eating steak to the point where we're teaching other people how to eat. Up, yeah, right. The that they end up doing that, and, and we're all at different stages in our faith, and that's where grace comes in. Like I feel like grace is is like I don't know in math. You're the math guy. Like. Is there like an equation that like there's parentheses that holds the whole equation together? There's like the things on the outside. That I'm sure like, there is. Yeah, that's like grace. I'm on summer mode already. Yeah. Done. You're done with school. Is the, grace is the thing that holds it all together? Mm-hmm. Does that make it's sense? Like the, it's like the glue that. Yeah, and I think that like there's outliers. I think people are. Oh, back to your question about like, aren't you afraid you might be doing it for the wrong motivations? Like I think to myself, like the people that say they're like stand outside, like there's pe- there's outliers. Yeah. And I and I don't want to be afraid to be the outlier to say the wrong thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. To not not do it. And I think so often we, I for so long was just I don't want to be the outlier, so I'm not going to do anything. Hear yeah. my heart. My intentions were. Yeah. And it's just the other the other side of that is doing things just for the sake of doing things. Ooh. Ooh. Well, right? and, I, and I said I'm okay with that, but should I be? I don't know. <laughs> I thought you had all the answers. Well, I th- I would think that the idea is do something, but do it in faith. Mm. Step forward, but do it in faith. And and what is something though? Because Jesus gave us his commands. Like, what should be our filter on that? Like, I think that that deciding factor is like the line, right? Like, do well, it I, love, I think right? it's I think it's seeking um, seeking the Spirit's guidance in that. Mm. Right. And, um, you know, one of the one of the verses or kind of the the core verse that I've been looking at Mm -hmm. as we were thinking through this um, is Ephesians 2. Okay, And I have this idea that like salvation is obtained through faith in works. Mm. Jesus is. Okay, It's faith in works, but not in my own, in his. In his works. Salvation is obtained through faith in. 
and there's an the, the component of works exists, yes. but not in mine, right. in his. And the moment that I admit I can't save myself and put my faith and trust in Jesus mm-hmm. and his uh, life, death, burial, and resurrection, mm-hmm. um, is that's what it means to be a Christian, right. is to, to admit that I can't save myself and to put my faith and trust in Jesus mm-hmm. to save me. So salvation is obtained through faith in works. Mm-hmm. Salvation is expressed and exercised, and I think this is the piece that we're that we've been talking about yeah. that is a lot of times missing because we're gonna you know, but it's salvation is expressed and exercised in faith through works, hmm. in faith walking forward in faith through works, and the the verse here Ephesians two, um, starting in eight, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And that's like, not by your works, but by Jesus' mm-hmm. works. Yep. Um, so that's that first part. The second part follows it in 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I think that last phrase is key for Christian. I think we may rest in eight and nine, Mm-hmm. How are we doing in 10? That's it. 10 verse 10 here should be our measure by by which we kind of are walking forward mm-hmm. and not sitting on our hands but yeah. also not working for the sake of working. The idea that um we're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do today or to do. So maybe it's as simple as going, you know what? I really haven't done much with my faith yeah. besides show up and consume yeah. and be upset when when you know, it's like I I love uh, Driscoll's um, analogy of family dinner versus going to a restaurant. Okay, I, I don't, don't know. This you're one. not familiar with it. No. So if treating treating church like it's a restaurant. Okay. And you show up and you sit down and you're like, you're just taking it in uh-huh. and you're critiquing the service, uh, you're critiquing the food, you're, you know, you're uh-huh. being waited too on, cold, too you're hot. just, con- you're just consuming. And there's an American model of the church that we've kind of slipped into or mentality mm-hmm. where that is what church is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find the one that I'm happiest to consume. Yeah. And they ha- they have built in excellent levels of then involvement and bringing people from that mm-hmm. into serving because mm-hmm. I think that's where the the real thing is. They well, good works into good. They've works brought them serving. into serving and ministry opportunities. Those discipleship to be able to express things. and exercise their faith through the work that they do. That's cool. Um, there's this other idea that instead of treating, tr- and this is just kind of sitting there, right? So there is a progression. Yeah. Um, but if we attend church and treat it like it's a restaurant, mm-hmm. eventually we're going to get sick of it. Oof. Or it's not going to be good enough or up to par, and we're going to jump from, from church to church to church. Yep. You know, or we're going to find, we're going to nitpick the little mm-hmm. things and find some kind of excuse to walk away yep. or get hurt. Yep. Because we're, there's, you know, the that contrasted with a family dinner. If I showed up to a family dinner and treated it like a restaurant, mm. and I walked in, and I sat down, and I waited for people to wait on me, mm. and to fix me my plate, and yeah. to bring it and set it down in front of me, yeah. and it's cold, and I'm going to complain about it, yeah. or, you know, I told you I didn't want salt on this. Yeah. Could you Im- 
that is so destructive for a family relationship. Yeah. And no, get your butt up. Yeah. Help with dishes. Right. Set the table. Yeah. There's there's work as a family yep. that not only is like a role to play, but it builds unity and health and um, and camaraderie and strength that I think a lot of, that we're missing a lot. Mm. You know, um, in in some of our perception of of yeah. how we experience life yeah. in the church yeah. and as part of the church. And so for me these good works with God, which God prepared in advance for us to do, uh-huh. it's might be something as simple as Lord, you waking up in the morning with the prayer, Lord, open my eyes to see mm. where I can be a part of your kingdom today. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's no opportunities. Yeah. And, but more often than not, when I wake up in the morning and pray that prayer, I see something, mm. whether it's, you know, going out of my way to just it, sometimes it's unseen and it's not even interactions with people. Yeah. Sometimes it's just works of, of seeing something that needs to be done and doing the right thing. Mm. Or just faithful prayer too, you know, yeah. of just being faithful to pray. And, and, and that constant connection with God as yeah. we go through our day. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of times we kind of move through life devoid of, you know, we compartmentalize and we go, well, on Sunday mornings, I, I just mm-hmm. want a good sermon and I want to, mm-hmm. I want to be challenged with the sermon and I'm going to kind of, um, live my life the best that I can yeah. and I'll wait till next Sunday when yeah. there's another sermon. Yeah. And um, this active engagement in working out our faith mm-hmm. or, or um, expressing it and mm-hmm. practicing it is, is done through sometimes big, grandiose, I'm going to sell yeah. everything and go, yeah. I'm, I'm being called to do this, that, and uh-huh. the other. Sometimes it's expressed through a steady commitment to just be nicer to my family yeah. yeah, or a steady commitment to, if I see something that needs to be done, I'm going to do the right thing, mm. or I'm going to own up to something when I screw up yeah. Yeah. and I'm going to start doing that at work because mm-hmm. I do it at home or I'll do it at church or I'll do it in my small group. Mm-hmm. But then I go to work and I'm willing to throw the first guy under the bus mm-hmm. as long as I don't get in trouble, right. you know? And it's like Christ in me is here's responding to the conviction that that I feel, yeah. you know, and it's like um, conviction's good. Yeah, conviction's good. Yeah. Guilt and condemnation condemnation's not good. No, conviction. if we are living if we are living under works because of condemnation, mm-hmm. that is unhealthy, yeah. and it is not what the freedom that Christ has called us to. No, and I'm totally at this point, like right now in my life, like when I hear the words of Jesus when He says, "Your spirit is willing, your flesh is weak," like I, in my head, I used to just go, "Okay, cool." And now those words, when they ring, they're deep in my soul of like, hey, I love you. I asked you to do a work that you couldn't, that you could have done, right? Just stay awake. Mm-hmm. Just pray. Be alert. Um, but you didn't. But you'll get there. And then mm. these disciples had, they were given God's spirit, right? We know that. God didn't, Jesus didn't pull it away because they screwed up one time. Right. But over the prolonged life, I bet you they look back. Peter, James, and John, later on when they got, would get together and go, remember when we fell asleep? Remember that? And as they're singing in prison, mm. as they're singing in prisons because they were arrested for preaching the gospel, you mm-hmm. know, and I think, I'll get there. I'll get there. I just have to trust the Lord to keep doing exactly what you just said, practicing these things, that my, my salvation is expressed and exercised in faith through these good works that God prepared beforehand. Ultimately, 
for his glory. Yeah. And that this road that we're on is a very hard road. It is not an easy road. No. And that, yes, there are structures and systems around me that tell me that it's comfortable Christianity, it's consumerist Christianity, that there's this intention-based faith that ultimately will not lead us into maturity, but keeps us spinning. Mm -hmm. And so if any of you right now are feeling like you're spinning your sand, you're spinning your wheels of faith, spinning like, oh, it's like the same thing over and over and over again, I encourage you to pick one discipline out of scripture, whether it's like you just said, being more patient at home, being more kind at home, and mm -hmm. like literally work as hard as you can, like a diligent farmer, like a diligent athlete, and like a warrior, and do that one thing as best you can for a week or two, and then mm. go, oh, whoa, there is like a piece there's a huge importance that we see throughout the new throughout the New Testament of practice these things. Jesus himself, before and after the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five, go mm -hmm. read Matthew five, six, and seven, and all the things that Jesus asks people to practice about bringing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Mm -hmm. And he says the beginning and the end of practice these things, build your house on this foundation, not the foundation of sand, mm -hmm. but on what the solid rock that I that we're supposed to stand on. And no, it's not going to happen overnight. If you're skateboarding, you know what I'm talking about, how much you fall, how much you crash. I don't Instruments, I don't care what it is. Like our spiritual life we need to take seriously. Yeah. And if we do, 10 years from now we'll look back and go, whoa. 20 years from now we'll look back and go, whoa. And the way I heard it best written, and I'll end with this, is I heard somebody go, look at the miracle of long-term sanctification. Mm -hmm. Like there's something that happens when you get again to practice walking with Jesus and you look back 30 years and it's not that you're more of a moral person. It's that you've given up of yourself and there's, and you less of you and more of Christ is in your soul. And it's yeah. one of the greatest feelings because you're closerly connected to the God of the universe than you've ever been. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want to do that. And it starts with the daily disciplines of confession. And I mean, I can go on and on and on, but mm. pick one thing, like one thing. If you just feel like you're spinning your sands, I don't care what the church is, I don't care. And pick that one thing and just focus on it. And it's the words of Jesus. If it's written in red, just do it. Yeah. Like, and just practice that one thing and look back and you'll go, holy crap. Crud. And what you, I'm telling you, you'll be challenged. It'll be the most difficult thing that you've done in a long time. Extremely, extremely hard, but it's worth it. Mm. And I'm done now. And yeah. we have like 30 seconds left. All right. Well, in that 30 seconds, I'm just going <laughs> to read this thought again. <laughs> Salvation is obtained through faith in Jesus's works. Mm. Salvation is expressed and exercised in faith through working in what God has set aside for us to do. There's a freedom in that. Yeah, there's a freedom in knowing that God has God has set these things aside. I just have to walk forward and trust Him in it. You Amen. Know? So, um, yeah. Are we I mean, done ranting? I I there's more in there. There's less in there, but yeah, I think that's about you know pretty fleshed out. Amen. I would say. All right. Well, part two is over. May God's grace and peace be with you guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Amen. All right.